Jesus. Everybody got it? Okay. Repeat this after me. Lord, influence me this afternoon. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us, that you will reveal your heart to us. And I pray that uh, the power of the Holy Spirit will saturate our thoughts, minds and our hearts in such a way that we will see the King of glory manifested tangibly in and through our lives. And all God's people say in Jesus' name, Amen. So the topic this afternoon might be a little bit thought-provoking, but I believe you all at the back of your mind, you will agree with what I'm going to say. Jesus didn't raise Christians, he raised disciples. The word Christians, for example, it actually started in, in the book of Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And if you, if you look closely, the very word Christians were called by the ones who are not Christians. They were the ones who were telling them, these guys are Christians. Because they thought the, the guys who were following Jesus were a sect of a Judaism. So, but they were wondering, who's these guys are? Are they Jews? Are they following Judaism? But then they said, oh, no, 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 they are not a sect. They are called Christians. And the word Christian means christ which means Christ, the anointed ones. That's what it means. Uh, I'm going to read two quotes. Uh, Duncan Campbell and G.K. Sedston, he said this, the kingdom of God, you can look up on the screen, the kingdom of God is not going to be advanced by our churches being filled with men and women, but by men and women in our churches becoming filled with God. And this guy is a Scottish preacher and he brought the revival in the mid-20th century. Duncan Campbell, if you don't know, you can Google it, you can read books about him. Such an ordinary guy brought a revival in the so-called you know, post-Christian religious worldview. And then there's another guy called G.K. Chesterton, one of my favorite authors. And he said this, we do not want the newspapers say a church that will move the world. We want a church that will move the world. You know, and for me, when I read that, I was like, wow, am I moving the world or am I moving with the world? Today, we in the church, in order to incorporate or attract people from the world, we want to become like the world. That's what, the, that's what we have been taught. Oh, you have to be cool, clever and cute. But the kingdom of God is not cool, clever and cute. The kingdom of God is love, joy, peace and righteousness. Among those two of them is a felt reality. Amen. So, when you look at Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, it says like this, Jesus said to his disciples, I have given all authority, everybody say all authority, in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples. He didn't say therefore go and make Christians of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Be sure of this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. In other words, Jesus did not say go and make Christians. Jesus didn't call them even Christians. It was the first century church. If you read Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it says, and he found the Parnabas, he found Paul, Saul, that time he was called Saul, brought him to Antioch. For the whole year, Saul and Barnabas met with the church and taught them. Many people there in the Antioch, the followers of disciples were called Christians for the first time. That's the whole thing I'm reading from the expanded Bible. It says the highlighting that they were the followers of Christ. Perhaps they were no longer viewed as merely a sect without Judaism. So the word 
Christians were actually termed by the Antiochians. Antiochians are the ones who don't believe in Jesus. They were paganistic. So it's like a Hindu or a Muslim calling us, hey, you're a Christian. But today, sadly, if you look at the problem with the church is that we are more aware of raising a Christian but not aware of raising disciples. We think Marimutu can be changed into Martin, then he's a Christian. You know, Mangata becomes Magdalene, becomes a Christian. You know, Kandasami becomes Kevin, he's a Christian. We think external modifications. God is into internal transformation. So what I was thinking, I was, this only one phrase I had this week, I was thinking, Jesus did not raise Christians, he raised discipleship. So I was writing the notes, whenever the thought came, I just started writing it down. And it just amazes me how church has bought into this whole lie of being religious and forgot the mandate of building his kingdom. So what is to be a Christian in a religious setting and what it is to be a disciple in the kingdom setting? So that's the question. The answer is religion teaches you how to judge. In other words, relationship teaches you how to love. You see the difference? That's why if you walk with any religious setting and you walk inside, when the people are religious people sitting there, the first thing they will look at you and they will judge you. Mm, the hair of a girl is too short. That too, she colored it. What is wrong with the coloring the hair and cutting the hair? That, that's how we are taught to raise awareness in such a way. You know, I remember one of my friend, his... Uh, his pastor told him, if you change your clothes, I will give you a platform. I told my friend, the platform is given by God. Amen. The promotion is given by God. Your, your anointing is come from, from the Holy Spirit. So religion teaches you how to judge. Relationship teaches you how to love. Religion teaches you how to fix God, others and eventually you. That's what we do. We, we are taught how to fix ourselves, fix God. If something goes wrong, you can, you can fix God by sacrifices, by offerings and stuff like that. But whereas relationship teaches you how when you abide in him, eventually he will enable you. John 15, that's what it says. You cannot do anything eternally significant if you don't abide in him. What does that mean? That means we have to stay connected to the source. But religion says you no need to stay connected to the source. Make sure you got all the A, B, C points, then you can fix it. Number three, religion, on the other hand, for example, uh, the one of the saddest thing about the religion, it only judges someone who sins differently than yours. Have you thought about it? You, the religious person will only judge someone who sins differently than you. One, one example, I will give you this. It will shock you. Just self-evaluate where you come from or where you've been involved in any church or whatever. These two sins are completely okay in the church. One is self-pity. Another one is unforgiveness. These two sins in the church is completely okay. Unforgiveness. He's a little bit angry. It's okay. Self-pity. Everybody is wrong. I am right. That's called self-pity. It's completely okay in the religious setting. 
but the moment a guy comes and says you know what i have a problem in gambling i watched something on the internet i watched something some that i should be watch immediately we ostracize that person we say oh no he is a sinner you you understand my point i'm not saying this is right that's wrong i'm not commending the guy who is into the issue of pornography or whatever but what my challenge is sometimes we elevate one sin but sometimes we embrace other sins as a okay thing self pity self pity does not help you to focus on god self pity just says everything is wrong including god unforgiveness it's a one major cancer inside the church unforgiveness one of my friends said unforgiveness is like you drinking a poison and waiting for other person to die these two major sins we say okay in the church but then we are actually saying it's it's not a big deal write it down if you are taking notes truth is never at the mercy of a lie truth is never at the mercy of lie kingdom thoughts breeds kingdom revelation in other words revelation can never be at the mercy of deception what is deception deception is deceiving deception comes in the forms of lies pretense tries to say it's okay it's okay to appear like this but inside you can mess up so that's why we have a problem in the 21st century we have a problem the world has a problem why because the world they want to encounter god but they come closer to us they encounter religion and they go back disappointed my prayer is this that we will be that fifth gospel that will be so attractive that they will be forced to love the rest four gospels that is the only cry of my heart for papa's house that we will be that fifth gospel somebody said there are four gospels world never never read the first four gospels but they will read the fifth gospel if they like you and me the fifth gospel they will read the first four so my challenge is this how are we dealing with this concept of discipleship because that is not even a big word in the church right now we talk about soul winning we talk about christians we talk about external modifications we talk about you change your hairstyle you change your dress code we talk about behavioral all this in certain extent it's okay but what is the core issue it's discipleship if that is not happening what's going to be the problem i just wanted to uh, show you uh, three lies in the religion about identity you remember why i address identity because that is your number one attack in the body of christ enemy always attacks where you are at because he knows if your identity is messed up you cannot go further remember you go and fill up your forms to get a normal ration card right or you get any application you get a sim card a small sim card they will write your name and then what is that last name you can't say I, i don't know my last name your father's name is so important to get even a small sim card to open a bank account remember in this if you translate that in the kingdom size your identity is so important to function in the body of christ to function in this world so there are three lies it's very simple you will be surprised the way it's written down here i am the, this is what the religion says i am what i have okay i am what i have in other words if you don't have 
you are not eligible to fulfill that's why they say when when we went to bangalore we saw this billboard says wealth sets you free and we were like wow wealth sets you free we must ask bill gates then you know wealth does not sets you free truth sets you free i know one of the guy in he lives in in chennai uh, he cannot even sit properly because i guess he has got something uh, like a piles problem or something he will he only sit like this and he's got 1000 crores 1000 crores i don't know how many zeros are there anyone into max you can tell me 1000 crores but he cannot sit properly i asked him sir why don't you sit properly my friend he said something in tamil if i say my wisdom is saying hold on don't say that so you know he's he's got a problem you know and i looked at him and i'm thinking i don't may have 1000 crores but i can sit properly anywhere i want you know that guy literally he's got a little tube like you know the auto tube he has to sit on that because he cannot put his but on on the, on the pillow or on the floor because the piles is so heavy he's is the doctor said if you operate it's gonna be complicated something he said i forgot and i we went there to pray for him because his daughter in law was having some problem so we have to pray for him i mean he responded to jesus i'm not sure he's walking with jesus but the reality is there are so many people who are wealthy but they are not free that's a lie so i am what i have the second one i am what i do so in other words if you don't do the right thing your identity is messed up and the third one i am what other people say or think so this is what the world says this is how you are taught in the religion you don't have look at this all those it's all about what what i have what i do what other people say but look in the kingdom way just opposite look at that i am who i am because of who lives inside of me amen isn't it beautiful that takes the pressure off of you that now you know that i am in christ he is in me i am totally free look at the second one i am who i am because of what he has done for me amen religion says you got to climb up gospel says god came down what he has done for me third one this is most exciting i am who i am because he has called me into existence that means original design everyone here has an original design if you just look at what i have what are you going to create it's going to create a complaining spirit that's why people look at their tv and they look at other person's tv <laughs> mine's is only 22 inch brother yours is 42 inch why lord is persecuting me lord is not persecuting you for 22 inch that's how complaining spirit look at the second one i am what i do that's what murmuring look i don't have a good job like this if i have a job like you i will be giving more better in the offerings and tithe i am a ordinary believer that's why i am murmuring bible never says there is an ordinary believer bible says either you are a believer or unbeliever period Amen. And look at the third one. I am what other people say or thinking. Other means, in other words, focus on on other people. What's what's your focus? So the first one produces complaining. The second one produces murmuring, and the third one produces worry. What other people going to think? What that auntie is going to think? The auntie will think many things. 
That's why she is called auntie. That's reality, right? You, the aunties, they will always have opinion. Right? You might know some aunties in your family. I have lots of aunties in my family. They have so many opinions, including me, you know, including my teachings. They all have opinion. That's opinion is not matter for me. You know why? Because the most important opinion is the opinion of Jesus in my life. So, this is what happens. Like, you have fallen to this worrying pattern, complaining pattern, and then murmuring pattern. All this focus based on what you lack and what happened and what might happen. Look at that. Says, what I have, what happened, you know, what was lacking, what I am doing, what's happening right now, and what will be happening in the future. Look at that. It's all enemy's tactics to focus you here so that you will be blindfolded to see the future. That's why people without vision, they perish. They're always looking at themselves. They look at them and say, oh, what I have? No, brother. My father is an ordinary government servant. I am from a village. I am, I am, my parents are all not so educated. I am, you know, I am from a small town. I'm, I didn't go to big schools like Scudder's to ordinary government high school I studied. What I have. Look what I do. I'm just a normal person. I'm not even the chief doctor. I'm just a normal person. You know, and then what other people say. Look, you know, every state has got stereotype in India. We look at, we look at Malayalis. The Tamil people say about Malayalis. The Tam- Malayalis say Tamil about Tamil people. And for every North Indian, South Indian is called Madrasiwala. And for everyone who crossed above Andhra, for us, is North Indian. Am I right? And we all have stereotypes about people. You know, and then the French says about the Spanish. You know, and the Spanish says about the French. The Madrid people, they look at the, the people from Barcelona, they say, you are more French. And the Barcelona people look at Madrid, they say, you are more Africans. Because they are more on the south towards African continent. So, it's such a mess. But look at how the kingdom looks at you. I am who I am because of who lives in me. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. That means your identity is rooted in Christ. I am who I am because of what he has done in me. What he has done for me. What he has done. He paid the ultimate price for which we are eternally grateful. Amen. And the third one. I am who I am because he has called me into existence. Now, this is the question. I, so far, what I did was I just did a backdrop of the problem. Okay, the problem is we are more conscious of raising Christians and less aware of raising disciples. That's why we are highlighting these things. Now, let's come to the real subject. Next one. How do we make disciples? Okay, it's How do we make disciples? For me, it starts with me. It has to start with me. If I don't start with me, I cannot transfer it to you. There is a beautiful saying. It says, I cannot give what I don't have. Have you heard that? I cannot give what I don't have. If I don't have Christ in me, I cannot give Christ. Right? So, this is one thing. We are actually, that's why Bible says, church is the bride of Christ. You know, why God related to the church as a woman? 
Why? Women, anything you give to the woman, they multiply it. Do you know that? Yes? Anything you give to women, they will multiply it. Women are like incubators. They multiply it. You give them vegetables, they will cook a nice meal for you. You buy them a house, they will create a home for you. Okay? You, you, you come together as a married couple, they give you a beautiful family. Right? And you give them worry. And they give you hell. <laughs> okay, that didn't go well. Anyway, I'm talking from my experience. But, any, <laughs> but, but this is the thing. They multiply it for you. That's why Bible, God relates, the God relates to the church as the bride of Christ. That means we are called to multiply. We are called to share. So it starts for me, the kingdom. How do we disciples? I wrote down very three simple points. So it's easy for us to remember. That's why I, the goal is not to confuse you with so big words. It's just, I want you to take away with that mindset. Like, okay, today I learned something. I'm going to practice this week. I'm more a practical guy. That's how I, I learned. That's why I would love to see Papa's house grows in it. So how do we grow in discipleship? First thing. Discipleship requires discipline. It's very simple. Discipleship requires discipline. And I was an undisciplined guy. I was a Christian. Remember, a lot of Christians are there, but very few disciples. Just because your name is Mary, John, Peter and James does not mean you are followers of Jesus. And just because your name is Kandasami and Mariamma, you are not following you know, the Hindu gods. The names does not matter. And sometimes in, in my age, I don't know about you, when, when I got baptized, when you go into the water, they give you a new name. So you go as Kandasami, you come out as Kevin. I don't know where Kevin comes from, but that's how you are taught. You go as Maliga, you come out as Jasmine, which is the same actually. Maliga means Tamil word for Jasmine. But somehow we dip Maliga and take Jasmine out. Anyway, but that's how we are taught. Thank God the church is growing, waking up. Okay, discipleship requires discipline. I wrote a couple of scriptures. Proverbs 22.6, write it down. Direct your children over the right path. When they are old, they will not leave it. But there is another translation that says, you know, teach the ways in such a way that it will stick with you. But when you grow, it will not depart from you. So in other words, that are we discipling, disciplining ourselves in such a way that we can be focused where we are going? Where's your, where is your goal? What's your goal in your life? How you want to be there in the next 10 years? You know, Virat Kohli, the captain of India team, he never drinks any bottled drink. Do you know that guy? He never drinks a bottled drink. He never goes and drinks even a you know, fruit, apple juice, nothing. He carries a blender with him. He puts his own fruits, own vegetables. He mixes it. He makes a drink with him. Why? He says anything that is, can be in the bottled and been kept in the shelf for more than 30 days is unnatural. I don't want to put that in my body. So people are looking at Virat Kohli and they say, I'm going to be like that. So the Indian team, for the first time, in the last 30 years, Indian team was now on the first place for physical stability. 
we were not there before because we were be like you know we won't even field when the ball goes down we try to do like this that's it so hip pain sir now you see they are falling on the ground have you noticed i am a cricket fan so i watch cricket so you know now you see they fall on the floor you south africans they fall west indies they roll but our people ah apa but they don't do that anymore why because this one guy walked in and he said you know what i want you to be physically training imagine that requires a disciplined life what is your discipline ah i don't feel like reading bible if you read bible only based on your feeling enemy will make sure that you feel in such a way that you will never read bible that's true only when i feel brother i open the bible enemy no got you feelings is not the way to measure your disciple disciplinary you have to go beyond it's a choice so there's another scripture i wrote down here proverbs 12:1 write down this one whoever loves discipline loves knowledge he who hates correction he's stupid he who hates correction is stupid so sadly the church is filled with stupid people but i am prophesying over all of us that we will hear correction and we'll put it in practice we will be that example you know and the three benefits of discipline i'll quickly say discipline makes us wiser number 1 discipline number 2 changes us number 3 discipline puts us above the situation amen if you are disciplined you are more wiser you are wiser why you need to be wise because the world is trying to pull you down so you have to be wise in wise in finances you know how many christians living in debt how many christians are living credit card after credit card you know how many christians are living a unhealthy lifestyle in their body they eat all sorts of nonsense and then sugar will rise up one pastor i met him in village he had 500 the degree of the count of sugar was 500 i told him pastor you need to take care he said jesus is coming down let it be 500 or 1000 this is exact words today one leg was amputated and his toe in in his feet all his fingers are amputated only one finger is there i you look at it it looks just like only one toe it doesn't look even nice it's one it's completely amputated up to here got amputated only in cmc here i told him now how much you have now normal yeah but if you would have listened 4 years ago he could have lost not his leg this is a sad part i could stand here and say this boldly because one year ago i was a big fat guy i was not doing well with my body i was eating whatever drinking whatever whatever comes i used to be like the big cocktail pot have you seen a cocktail pot you know whatever the people in the hotel industry know what do you do in the cocktail you you take a big pot you put whatever inside and you turn it around and you drink it you know the people who never ate alcohol drank alcohol they call it mocktail you put pineapple juice orange juice mango juice carrot juice everything like panjamburam you don't even know what it is that's how my body was once upon a time you put whatever whatever you give i'll give it stotram bani saabdu and then one day the lord told me if you do like this you're going to come home sooner than i thought charles you have to change i started eating healthy lost 28 kilos why i'm telling you this 
we as christians should be that role model look at our brother look at our sister the way he handles finances the way he treats his wife the way he, he takes care of his children the way he handles uh, you know the situation it's more wiser you know there were so many guys were taken as captives during the time of daniel but daniel said i'm not going to eat your king's food just give me water and vegetables what made daniel was not the vegetables he chose to discipline himself my challenge is are you going to discipline yourself for the eternal short term pain long term gain short term gain long term pain amen so discipline makes us wiser discipline changes us discipline puts us above the situation number 2 why we need discipleship discipleship means accountability what is accountability account according to your ability not account according to your disability let's read matthew chapter 25 verse 15 he said he gave five bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last dividing it to the proportion to their abilities and he left on his trip what does that mean god is not responsible for other people's talents god is responsible for your talents and what you are doing with your talents if i am talented to preach and i am not doing it well that means i am irresponsible if you if for example teresa is talented in music that means she has to work on it she has to put practice on it hours then it can bring glory to god it's all about bringing your very best being account for the ability that what has given you so my challenge is for you in james chapter 5 verse 16 says let me read this and i'll give you the challenge therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous man has great power and it is working what does that mean when you are accountable you not only just share your prayer request you are willing to walk with that person how you find accountability by submitting to some leadership if you don't submit to your leadership you will just be alone you know we have leaders i have a mentor i have a mentor for my personal life who ask me questions charles how is your sex life what is your thought in your mind you travel how are you doing with your thought life because i need a mentor i have a mentor for the church he he is a, one of the one german guy he is a pastor and he started a church actually is in a pub it used to be a strip club now he runs a church there and he challenges me to think beyond the normality of my of what i know as a tradition and then we have we both have a, a counselors who can speak life to us we are married for 7 years we do counsel my wife does a lot but we have somebody above us so we can go and sit with them and say this is my problem this is where i am going at teach us your ways we need that sadly we don't have any accountability i challenge you to find somebody you need to find someone above you if you find someone peers they won't have any accountability if you find somebody down you won't have any authority for example you are battling in smoking just an example okay you go to your friend he says hey i have a problem can you help me he says what is the problem i smoke i need to overcome this 
Oh, how many you smoke? Just two packets. Only two packets. Me too, two packets. No problem. That's never going to help. If you go somebody who is below you and he says, I need help. How many packets you smoke? Two. Only two. I am smoking four. You are much better. That's why you always need to find somebody who is spiritually mature. One step higher. They don't need to have titles, right, reverend, nothing. They just need to be one step higher of you so that they can help you grow. I need to, I always tell people who are friends with me, I say, you no need to come to be accountable to me. But if you are accountable with me, I will ask you questions. My staff knows. I have asked questions to them. How is your sex life? How is your thought life? Because how, is you, how are you doing financially? Are you, are you spending more than what you are earning? That, then it's a problem. You understand? We need to think and talk about those things. That's why I wrote down discipleship means accountability. First one, discipleship requires discipline. Discipleship means accountability. And last but not the least, it's very important. Discipleship involves commitment. You cannot be uncommitted and still expect someone to disciple you. It's not going to work. You have to stay put. You have to stay committed. You have to stay day in, day out. Stay put. You know the best example for discipleship who is so committed is the Trinity. God so loved the world, he gave his son. He was so committed. He was so committed to take us out from bondage into the freedom. You know, that's why I wrote down here, our father wills it, our son Jesus words it, and Holy Spirit works it. If you're taking notes, write it down. Father wills it, that means he took a will. Jesus words it, that means he came, expressed that will in the form of action, and Holy Spirit works it. That means the Spirit confirming the things of the father through the son and brings it to the family. How beautiful is that? I want to challenge us. This is my prayer for Papa's house. For those who are listening, those who will be listening online, this is my prayer that we will be not called as Christians. We will be called disciples of Jesus. Amen? Because this is not, that's why, so, you know, one of my friends asked me, what time is the church? You mean Papa's house? You know, because we are not into calling it as a church even. Why? Because the word church has got a lot of negative impartation on it. It is a church, but it is not a church. It is a place where people can encounter Father's love. People can think outside the box. People can ask questions openly. People can be vulnerable and say, I have a problem in this life, in this area. Can you help me? People can grow as a family. People can say, I really want to see a change. I want to see a change in the society where I live. One day I would like to see when I walk down the streets of Vellur, there will be no trash. One day I would like to see that the city mayors will ask God for help in terms of running the city. One day before they plan a neighborhood, you know, they can ask Jesus for a wisdom how to plan a neighborhood. Where are the parks? 500,000 people live in the city. You know how many Thousands of young people live here. More than 100,000. One lakh people live here in the city. Where are the parks? There are no parks. Think about it. But if you go some abroad, some countries, in a small neighborhood, they will have a park. 
they will have a walking area where is the park there is no park you go to the fort you have a sundal that's it but that's going to change we need to have kingdom leaders who can think that way who can plan that way you go to vat they have planned it but that's for vat guys i can't go inside we have to think in that way that god will raise a kingdom leadership who can able to design the city who can able to make sure children like your daughter can walk safely to your supermarket and come back not worry about in only in india in one way traffic you have to bo- look both sides am i right or wrong nowhere you need to if you are in america or you are in spain if you one way means you can boldly cross but in india one way means make sure you turn both sides and look and if the guy comes on the wrong side he will tell you i am coming right you have to look we laugh about it but my prayer is one day that will change in jesus name but that starts here that starts here jesus is interested in raising discipleships disciples so that we can really bring a transformation i will write i wrote down this one small word and if you are taking notes write it down the holy spirit baptizes us in jesus the disciples baptizes us in water and jesus baptizes us in the holy spirit can i say this again the holy spirit baptizes us in jesus that means he is the one introduce the chief architect of the city the disciples baptizes us in water that means he is the one helps us to say hey there is a better way of living and then jesus baptizes us in the holy spirit that means it's not an event discipleship is not an event it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle that's my prayer for you that you will walk as disciples of jesus when you walk down in the street people don't look at you and say oh this religious fanatic is here no they will say the disciples of jesus is here the disciples of jesus is studying with me in the school the disciples of jesus is teaching me my children how to grow the disciples of jesus is doing the operation the disciple of jesus is doing the medicine he is preparing he is designing the city he is he is organizing this work what is happening we are bringing the kingdom of god amen that's my prayer so let's remember these three things discipleship requires discipline make one today this year 2017 is going to finish do you know that it's less than 2 months it's gone i don't know you remember this is not a time of condemnation just a thought okay when it started this year how many times you made a covenant with god you will do it any promises you made lord i will read this book i will read two chapters a day i will stop doing this okay i'm again i said no condemnation okay probably you might have even forgot some of those promises you made my challenge is this today you can start again make one commitment maybe one commitment i am going to read 5 day 5 minutes a day or 10 minutes a day readers or leaders i tell my staff all the i gave them book said you have to read because if you want to lead you have to read people say the day i am graduating that's when you know there is a statistics the new york times did 50% of people who got graduated they never read a book again in their life you know what happened those 50 people instead of become leaders they become followers 
my challenge for all of you you will not be a follower you will be a follower of jesus but you will be a leader in this nation amen you will change the course of the society you will make you don't allow other media to think for you you will be that influencer amen people who walk into your booth walk into your room walk into your environment you will change their thinking pattern for that you have to be a reader in order to be a reader it requires disciplinary actions you have to spend some time it's important that's why you know i used to carry a lot of books now thank god for kindle i can buy it online i can save it i can read it anywhere i want it's a challenge that i want to throw it to you guys read take some time read not just only the bible read there are tons of books you can add knowledge into it tons of information you can add and ask the holy spirit lord what do you want to tell me you know god took me to all these countries and he said to me charles i am taking you all these countries now he has taken me to 102 countries he said to me charles the reason i am taking you all these nations i am giving you a glimpse how you can use this this information to change your country god is capable of using his bride but the bride is more religious conscious appearance conscious but the bride needs to be more kingdom conscious amen let's go with that excitement this week that i am not just a christian disciple of jesus i am a disciple of the nation amen we're going to sing one more worship song